I'm Dr. Amanda Holdsworth, and I have spent the last 25 years of my career telling the stories of schools, districts, colleges, universities, and education-focused organizations from around the world. In the Storytelling for Schools podcast by the School Comms Lab, we dive deep into how all types of schools, from micro schools to career tech centers to everything in between, are telling their stories in ways that resonate with their target audiences. So pull up a seat, get your notebook and pen ready, and prepare to be inspired. This is a Storytelling for Schools podcast. Hello and welcome to the Storytelling for Schools podcast. I am Amanda Holdsworth, and I am here with a longtime friend, uh, Jay Barrett of Amtech Career Academy in Amarillo. He's actually one of my favorite former clients that I've ever worked with, and he has an incredible story to tell. So Jay, for right now, I will turn it over to you to introduce yourself and Amtech Career Academy. Amanda, thank you so much for having me on. It's my honor, my pleasure to be on your podcast. Um, I am, this is my 38th year in public education, but for the last probably five years, I have had the most fun I've ever had in my educational experience. Um, Amtech Career Academy has really been a labor of love over those past five years. It's been something that has um, really unified our community around what we're doing in public education. Um, It's hard to really identify what Amtech is because it is so amazing but I'll try to do that. Amtech is a 235,000 square foot campus all under one roof. We have nine different schools, over 35 different career pathways, and we are all existing for our students. Um, It is just the most amazing thing. We turned um, an old Sears building, an old Hastings building, books and records building into this marvelous campus that has just really grabbed not just Amarillo's attention, but really the state and the nation. Um, we have schools coming to us from all over looking at what we've done. And I'm talking about even colleges looking at what we've done in order to replicate, um, at least in part, this kind of education uh, in their own backyard because we flipped the script on what education is or should be. Um, I could go on and on, but I want to, I don't want this to be a four hour podcast. (laughs) I know you and I can always talk forever about this, right, Jay? But I think, you know, one of the reasons that I was so attracted to the work that you were doing was I kept hearing over and over again that, that even just the city of Amarillo, the uh, Amarillo ISD, everybody was really looking toward Amtech as being, um, I remember you kept telling me about this, about uh, creating generational wealth. So it wasn't just about, hey, we're going to educate students and, and we want a cool building, we're going to do this. It was more really about transforming not only the city, but also the region. Yes. So, you know, can you tell me like a little bit about how the plans came into place? Because you had some CTE, and, and for those of you, um, we are recording during CTE month, Career and Technical Education Month. You had CTE programs at your various high schools. So, how did the whole thought of, you know what, we're going to take these programs or some of them and we're going to move them over to its own separate high school and we're going to make this high school like a campus, almost like a college campus, even actually probably better than most college campuses. So how long did that take? How did the idea come about? Tell us a little bit about that, please. Um, so I've, this is my 15th year working in CTE. My former school was ACAL, Emerald Area Center for Advanced Learning, and that had morphed over the years. It, it had started as a National Science Foundation 
program. So it was more on the academic side of things, if you will, and less on the career development side of things. Although careers obviously are important in every aspect of what we do in education or should be. I think sometimes in, ed- in education, we forget that students' success beyond high school is where we're really reaching. And to connect them to that next step, that next level, whether it be into an apprenticeship program or right into the world of work or on to college or all of the above, that's our job. But MTech really started gaining traction when in 2017, that December, the district bought this facility for $16 a square foot. We really stole this property. We did a lot of work. We had to renovate. And, and honestly, it took all in with furniture, fixture, equipment, everything uh, done, $60 million. And we didn't go to the taxpayers for that. We had that money in-house. We found money wow. that had been set aside for some future school at some future time. We used part of our fund balance. Um, we, we cobbled together $60 million in order to get this thing done. And the reason it was important for us to get it done, because we reached out to our community. There were over 2,500 people who were involved in these town hall meetings, if you will, coming to talk about what we were calling at the time Career Academy, the Career Academy idea. And so we just had a lot of meetings, a lot of meetings. Wherever we were welcomed, we went. And so we garnered a lot of ideas and it wasn't our idea initially to invest in um, HVAC, plumbing, electrical, machining, uh, construction trades. We really weren't thinking that way. We're thinking on another pathway, like more just STEM, whatever that is, right? I've kind of forgotten what because we're doing everything. But we added these because our community said, you know, we haven't had people trained coming out of high school in so long, there's this huge gap. There's this huge skills gap. I mean, when we take students in, the first thing we do is teach them what a tape measure is, what a, a, you know, a hammer is, just basic tool identification. And then we take them all the way from that all the way to somebody who is who has an industry recognized certification who can walk out of these doors ready to go for the world of work. So it was that work with our community that sparked the idea. In 2018, the board in August, we had cobbled together a plan. We had, you know, the district loved it. They said, oh, this is going to be ACAL 2.0. And we didn't want it to be our Mm -hmm. old school 2.0. We wanted it to be something totally revolutionary. So I'm kind of glad that the district, the school board said, go back to work. There was a time in there when we went back to work that it didn't seem it was going to happen. Um, it was just kind of, you know, lying in state, if you will. And then suddenly my superintendent, who's actually in the next room over watching a podcast from, um, from Texas Tribune, uh, or a live cast actually, um, said, you know, Jay, let's meet, I've got, I want to meet you for some coffee. And I knew right then I was either, you know, going to get fired or (laughs) something cool was going to happen. I was hoping it was the latter. And he said, let's get this thing done. Here's the board is behind it. Uh, I'm totally behind it. Let's get this thing done. And so we um, we went around to some other schools. I've been looking at schools online and at conferences that I went to. I'd see schools and I just dreamed and imagined what it could be like here in this district. And then over that time, we had we found the right architect, Corgan Architects from Dallas. And they had the same kind of big vision that we had open spaces, flexible classroom spaces, um, open design, industrial feel, 
um, it, it was just the right partnership and our district committed and board members actually went with us on trips to these other places to get ideas as other schools are coming to us for those ideas. We have a school in Alabama coming in two weeks. They've broken ground, but they heard about us from a college and said, if you're going to do this, you need to go to see that school in Texas. Wow. From a college. <laughs> yeah. They had a SACS review here at Amarillo College and they came and looked at what we do. And so uh, somebody from Alabama um, said, you've got to go see that that school, what they're doing there, because we are doing things a little bit differently. But the, really, that was the that was kind of the genesis of what we're doing today. And we opened in two different phases. The first one was in August of 2021 with half the building. And then the what we lovingly call, Mike Rowe would call Dirty Job Side, opened just January a year ago. And I'm telling you, you would not know it from the things that we're doing already, all of the partnerships that we've connected with, all of the, the work that we're doing, the students that we're producing, the certifications they're gaining. You would think we've been here for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah last, last year at this, this time, time, we won the uh, Tech and Innovation Magazine or Tech yes. and Learning Magazine uh, Innovation Award. Yes. Which, and you were only half open and half finished at that point. And they flew you out to Florida and, yes. and, and wine and dined you a little bit. It was fun. <laughs> and I really didn't, I, honestly, Amanda, I didn't know it, know it was like a competition. I thought, <laughs> I, I didn't really know what it was about. And then they said, oh, yeah, you're in the top three. And I was like, what? So <laughs> then it was on. I wanted to win. <laughs> and and I did I did I had some slides. We have a slideshow that we show to people who aren't even um, who can't come for a tour. And I just I, you know I, I spent longer than they anticipated. Can you imagine that? I, think I, I can't imagine. Jay. It was like <laughs> fifty minutes because they kept asking questions. And at that point, I realized nationally, maybe internationally, we've got something good going on here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> now and. And, you know, for, for full transparency to listeners, so Holdsworth Communications Agency, we worked with you a couple of years ago during the pandemic. And so, um, you know, just for listeners, particularly in the public school space, you did all this money and funding before the pandemic yes. with, uh, without ESSER funds, um, which was very, very impressive. And so we went out in the very heart of the pandemic, September 2020, when everything was going on, because we knew we needed to get this project done. And one of the things that um, you know, that I absolutely love sharing with people, especially in the CTE space was when we did a video for you and you had lined up the president of your board, your superintendent, president of Amarillo college, a state rep, and the mayor of Amarillo one after another to come in for this video on this really finite time schedule that we had very tight time schedule. You had some major, major, major players in the room. So, um, and I think that's a testament. And I, and I always kind of laugh when, when the mayor said to me, um, extremely well-spoken, intelligent woman said, you know, why, why am I here? And she said, you know, because whenever Jay asks me to do something, I'm all in. And to me, I was just blown away because I think that goes to your testament of building relationships. You're not just putting out, well, here's everything on a proposal and I'm sending it via doc, via document. And I'm really hoping, and you're not a, you know, although you have excellent marketing skills, you're a principal, you know, you're an educator, you're not a marketer, you're not a full-time communicator, you're not a full-time fundraiser, you're not a full-time development, you're not a full-time corporate relations. So 
tell us a little bit about some of these great community partnerships you've built, because I swear every time I talk to you, it's some other amazing type of partnership you have, whether it's with Amarillo College, whether it's with new companies that are relocating to Amarillo because of this, this pipeline of talent that Amtech and Amarillo College are combining together. Tell me about these relationships and how they've been so integral to the success of Amtech. Well, all that you just said, all that you said that I'm not, I truly believe principles of the now and into the future need to be. Absolutely. Because we are being challenged every single day by charter schools, by nonprofit, you know, by by for-profit schools that are coming in and and really getting into our spaces. What we have to do as educators is prove that we have a product to offer that is beyond belief. And that's really what we do on a, on a, a given day, every every single day. Uh, we've had over 10,000 people tour this space um, as of last year and more and more all the time. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm actually a principal or a cheerleader. Uh, oh. uh, that may be another thing you could throw in there. <laughs> but honestly, these partnerships come about because of the relationships that we develop. Um, I don't want people just to give us money without knowing the, the meat of why they're doing it. I want them to be connected to our students. We cannot do what we do without our business partners. I was at Bell yesterday, as you know, they mm-hmm. uh, just, re- you may not know, but they recently won a contract for the next 40 years to build out 4,000 new aircraft called the Valor. You may have heard of the Osprey. They built 400 of those. They're going to build 4,000 of the Valor. It's a smaller, lighter aircraft. It's more agile, you know, obviously with new technology. And so I was on a panel out there and they asked that similar question about the partnerships. We have over 150 businesses that we work with on a given day. Um, our students wow. are into those partnerships with internship opportunities. Um, I had a student come here yesterday from a media company. She was actually doing a story about a criminal justice forum that we had. We had uh, the two sheriffs of our counties, Potter and Randall County Sheriffs. We had our own ASD uh, police chief. We had the city of Amarillo police chief talking to about 120 of our law and public service students. Well, anyway, she was recording that and she goes, Mr. Barrett, do you remember me? And I said, I do. And she and Megan now talked to me uh, yesterday about the networking that we taught her from the freshman year on. This was before Amtech even. This was at ACAL, the other school. But we've always been about connecting, connecting our students to their future by relationships that they're able to build with our community partners. You want to talk about partnerships. Um, we uh, just talk about Street Toyota. Um, they found out what we we're doing here last year, and they brought in the, the workforce development director for all of Texas from the Gulf Coast wow. um, uh, down south. He came up with a professor from Oak Mulgee campus of Oklahoma State University. How's that for a name? Oak Mulgee, right? <laughs> he and said so it well. <laughs> the professor came and it was their T10 school for Toyota, came and, and they toured us. And immediately thereafter, that very next week, they started shipping things to us, parts, pieces, uh, engines, brakes, um, all kinds of stuff. We added up the total and it was $50,000 worth of equipment that our students could use. Not only that, they gave our students the ability, starting out as freshmen, we're talking about 15-year-old students, can sign up to be on Toyota's service manager system. So they basically have a a number already that will follow them if they continue on that pathway. They also brought the Gulf Coast uh, director in. He was from the Mississippi plant. 
um, the big kahuna of all of Toyota down there and brought us a 2019 Corolla that was a pre-production car that was never intended for the road. It was intended for engineers to tweak and to you know, machine and different parts and stuff. And so he came and dropped that off. The engine is pristine. Our students are able to work on this vehicle. We can put faults into it. The students have to repair. I mean, it's just amazing that kind of partnership. And that's just one of many I could tell you about. Um, you know, we, we, um, gosh, one, one thing that I want to tell you about EDC and the Texas Workforce Commission and our local Panhandle Regional Planning Commission, they've donated in grant money about $700,000 of machining parts of a wow. flight simulator that we use in our aerospace engineering program and on and on and on. Um, just great partnerships like that. Machining. I mentioned machining. You know David Gibson. You've met mm-hmm. him. Yes. He's still doing things. Like, tools for schools and he... He's still doing this. And that's, this, the kids have made this. It's just a beautiful piece of aluminum that I love to have in my hands. I kind of have ADHD and so it helps me. <laughs> um, so anyway, but we're now machining parts for local companies at cost. So for instance, the when you fly into Amarillo, your baggage handling, the conveyor belt system was breaking down. The company that the city bought it from, uh, the airport bought it from is defunct. They were having trouble getting parts until they realized our students could machine those parts for them. Oh my so goodness. we're doing that. There's a bottling company that um, actually it's a dairy company that got into water bottles and their machine was breaking down and they were going to Germany for parts. It would take months on end to try to get those in and they may have been the wrong parts. Their um, their owner toured our place and he looked at the machining and he said, so what can y'all do? And we said, well, we can do this. And so we were machining parts for that bottle, that water bottle company. Also, the local SWAT um, police station SWAT um, group was having trouble with some of their equipment um, when they would pull it for uh, when they were d- deployed. These these they had 3D plastic machine parts holding their weaponry in place and they found out what we could do. And so we're building them titanium restraints for their automatic weapons and such. So we were really into the community that way. It's not a one-way street where it's give me, give me, give me, give me a space for my students, give me money so we can go places. It's what can we do together? How can we um, uh, sponsor something for you? Also, this facility has become the go-to place for a lot of banquets, a lot of big events. Uh, Amanda, we're going to host a chamber music concert in our robot drone coliseum in September. I mean, this place is just so much um, a place for civic events now, uh, as much as it is an, an educational facility. So, and you've what what you've created there, and by no no mistake, um, because I know you, but you've really created a community center, yes. which is you know for all of our public school friends listening. I think this is really key because. 30, 40 years ago, maybe even as soon as 20 years ago, public schools were kind of the center of the community, right? And somehow along the way, and I don't know if it happened sometimes before the pandemic, some happened during the pandemic when we were, you know, didn't want to let people in the schools or or kind of partner or school safety issues, which I can understand at some point, you've really created this space. So I think, what was it a couple of weeks ago, you had texted me about the, um, you had 600 people in the culinary center in the banquet, the banquet hall for the football banquet. 
um, which I have to love. I had to giggle because I'm like, of course, there are 600 people in the school district uh, football banquet in Texas, right? right. So, <laughs> and and you know, for those of you, and we'll link we'll link to the website, um, you know, in the show notes, but so people can have a, a kind of an idea. But you have this banquet facility that was integral in, in in producing when you were building this out because you wanted to give your culinary students. And not only do you have that, you also have the bistro that the students can staff and work and provide the food for. Um, and then you know, can you tell us? And I think the one thing I find interesting is the banking and what you've been doing with, wow. with finance, because part of the perception that we know with career and technical education is that it's only the, the trades, which is wonderful. There's a massive trade shortage. Um, and some people know a little bit about culinary and some people know a little bit about health sciences and that, which we'll get into here in a minute. But tell me a little bit about the business side, because everything from the stock ticker to the banking facility, I think people and especially parents need to realize that career and technical education can be a path to just about any field your student wants to go into, right? Like they're going to get this experience in high school, as I always say, in high school for free before you have to go off and pay for college tuition for them to find themselves, they can try it out in a career and technical education center. So tell me a little bit about the business side too of some of the, the work you've been doing. So we have a school of business marketing and finance that you referenced and uh, our students are the junior year. They in just about now, right now, the education credit union our local credit union here in town um, is interviewing students from the business marketing and finance school to become workers in the bank. They start out as tellers and then they morph into things beyond that. But we have our own branch of the education credit union. They built the seventh branch right on the outside. I mean, it's connected to our building, uh, but out front, it's really kind of cool to have that marketing piece there for them. But they hired five of our students last year, last January, February, and, and onboarded them all semester. So not only were they coming to school to, to gain credits, they were also earning money. And then um, they went in the summer, went into the other branches to get a feel for what it was like for customer service. I mean, they have been such a great partner, teaching partner for us. And now our students have been running a student-led enterprise called Education Credit Union. When you walk into that credit union, you don't see adults, you see our students. They are there out front. They've learned great customer service. They've understand every aspect of the banking industry there. When they don't know a question, there are two adults in the back who are working for Education Credit Union, but only are consulted by the students when maybe somebody wants a loan. Maybe they have an application they need to complete. And so our students are learning every aspect of that. Um, so that's been so cool. And we have so many of these student-led enterprises that are taking shape. They're kind of growing organically. You mentioned our bistro. Now that's the Cafe 21. We opened in 2021, but it's a throwback to 1921 when the students found in the history of Amarillo ISD in the board records, it said, you know, we've got a lot of students now in this district. Maybe we ought to start thinking about vocational training. And I always say, it only took us a hundred years, but we built Amtech finally. Um, and so Cafe 21 was, lo the logo is all from uh, our students, our graphic design students who, who worked with culinary uh, they were basically the clients, the culinary art students, and they worked for about three weeks back and forth on naming, on the branding. Of course, it's the same color scheme that we have. It's using the same shield, but they've got a fork in it. and It's kind of cool. Uh, and it's theirs. That's what I love. We also have farm tech. Our farm tech did the same thing. We've got M-Tech Pharmacy. 
uh, a retail pharmacy that that we have. Actually, this is a bottle. I don't know if you can see it. This is a bottle of Skittles. It's not pills, although <laughs> some days as a principal, you might need something. Uh, but, but basically, they they love this because it's simulation, and they learn how to work in a retail setting. In fact, we've got twelve of our students working at Walgreens right now. Once wow. they get their certification, then they'll be able to go anywhere that they want to. We have a great partnership with Walgreens. Um, and so the, it's growing. We had three students in it last year. We've got 12 students in it this year. That's the farm tech side of things. You mentioned business marketing finance. I have to say, we just found out two days ago, you know what DECA is, yes. right? So yep. we had, this is our second year in DECA. We took 13 students to state. They were more excited last year coming back from state than they were going because they were going, they were scared. They were intimidated. They didn't understand exactly what they were doing. And when they came back, they had so many ideas and they were so jazzed up to go for this year. This year, we have 20 students going to state. But more importantly, we had three young men who developed a business called Amtech Gear that is an operation here. They did. They submitted a 48-page business plan to DECA for hopefully getting gold status. They won gold status. There are only, I think, eight in Texas. There are 400 across the international spectrum, I think up in Canada as well. And so they earned a trip to Orlando in April because of that. I mean, you just think of the, what those students have. And these are juniors. These are students wow. who are going to be here another year. They're learning about how to start their own business. I, had, I was touring someone from Wisconsin, a gentleman named Maurice, who came through here. And I took him to our rapid repair, which is our computer maintenance repair program run by students. They repair all the Chromebooks for our district, thousands and thousands of Chromebooks, right? And so they have triage units at each of the other high schools. I, I didn't mention, but we're not we're we're not a standalone high school. We stand with our community high schools, our others in the district. So anyway, we have network out there where the students manage and triage, but the ones that are really needing to repair badly, they come to us on something called the Amtech Express, which is how students get back and forth every day. Every hour on the hour, we've worked it out. But anyway, he, I said, so uh, tell Maurice what um, certification you have already. And this is a junior. He said, well, I've already got my Dell certification. That's how I'm able to do this. And I said, what are you working on? He said, well, I'm working on my A+. Then he talked about getting Cisco certification for cybersecurity. And I think he mentioned one more and, and he blew me away because he mentioned something else. And I said, what? He said, yeah, I started my own, own business, Mr. Barrett. And this is like 10 days into it. He had already cleared a thousand dollars on his own. And I said, are you in entrepreneurship? And he goes, no, what's that? And I said, okay, you're going to be enrolled in it next year as a senior because you need to be, because you're doing it. You've got innate skills. You've got the ability, you've got certification. So let's get you connected. I want my plumbers connected to entrepreneurship. I want I want anyone who's here who has any sense of of being able to open an, their own business or just know what entrepreneurship is about. I want them to take that class as sort of an elective, an accompaniment to their main program that they're here for. So it the kids blow me away every day with stories like that. Yeah, and I think this is absolutely why I love working in the career and technical education space because um, I love watching students, but particularly parents' minds just go like, wow, you know, the, the possibilities are endless. And if you're listening and you're a college or university, I really hope now that this is shaking you up to think, well, you know what, we need to start recruiting hardcore at CT campuses. I know a lot do. I know here in Michigan of one campus that we've worked with, we're University of Michigan Flint nursing program. 
takes these students that are out of health sciences because they already have their CNA, they have all these different certifications, they have experience working in medical facilities, and they're fast tracking them right into nursing programs. And so, you know, CTE, I think, has so many different options available. And if you want to go and be, you know, employed right after school, I'm like, hello, employers, we're talking about this major employment shortage in every industry across the country. Are you seeing that? Are you hearing that these young people are trained? They, I mean, the customer service skills alone are massively important anymore. And so you have not only you're training them in customer service, but also in these workforce skills that they absolutely need. And, you know, and with, with that, Jay, you know, as you think about why is career and technical education so important, um, you know, to our society, especially now today in this world, like what is it that, that, you know, um, that parents and students should know about and why, why should employers and colleges and university be on high alert? You know, I had an epiphany a few years ago that the purpose of education was to be able to get students ready for their careers, for life after high school, whether it be through college, whether it be through trade school, apprenticeship programs, right into the world of work, teaching students how to uh, stack their credentials one on top of the other on top of the other. That's what we're about in education and career and technical education has been giving, given a bad rap for many, many years. Back in the day, I don't know if it was the 70s or something, colleges really had a marketing campaign to almost obliterate anything else. They, there was, there was, there's a history there. And so I think in even school districts have bought into college, college, college to be successful. We've preached that mantra over and over in this district, I know. And now we've awakened to the fact that it's really not college only. How about college and careers? How about giving students the option to be able to work with their hands, to have to show their skill set, to be able to go into trades, to go into medical field, to go into anything they want to do. It's all about choice. When you're college only, you're lockstep. You're you're like telling them you have to take this math this year. We give our students freedom. We give our students choice. And when they make that choice, and especially when parents discover that an electrician generally makes more than an electrical engineer who's gone to four years of college and has racked up student loan debt, right? Mm -hmm. To start teaching that, that there's a different way. When we started building this place and started talking to our tradesmen and women here in the community, some of them got tears in their eyes because they said, finally, somebody is listening to us and saying that we're a viable option. And and here it may be a, a, a first option. I don't know. I, as you know, I'm a, I'm a college region and and I love the connections that Amarillo College has with Amarillo ISD, especially Amtech. One of the main connections we have there is the ability to go to college through the Thrive Scholarship Program that we've set up through working with the EDC, with uh, Amarillo Area Foundation, with the um, Amarillo College and AISD. Students in Amarillo ISD can go to Amarillo College for free, absolutely free. So we tell this story all the time. I was getting a pizza. Uh, down the street from my house. And this girl said, Mr. Barrett, you know me? And I said, yeah, I know you. You're in health science programming. And she says, yeah, I didn't know if you'd know me. And I said, yeah, I know. I said, you just graduated. And she said, yeah. And I, I gave my, my parents my two-week notice. I'm like, are we having a divorce here? What's going on? She goes, no, I work. My parents own this place. And I go, oh, I didn't know that. I eat here all the time. I didn't know that. And she goes, yeah, I, I gave my two-week notice. I'm, I got my patient care technician certification at Amtech this year. I'm now employed at Baptist St. Anthony's Hospital as a tech. 
and I'm enrolled at Amarillo College nursing program. And so when this young lady who gets her um, associate's degree, who gets her RN, she will have gone through an entire uh, spectrum of education for absolutely zero dollars out of her pocket. And she'll be making $75,000 a year as an RN with more chance to advance, go to bed, you know, go to get her BSN, do whatever she wants to do. But she's figured that out with no money and no loan debt. How about that? That is absolutely amazing. And, and you know, for any parent listening, this is very common in many career and technical education programs, not all, but early middle college or middle college or whatever they decide to call it. This dual enrollment. There are some that will go where you have to go for your fifth year um, of high school and, and get the the um, degree. Some are going with the certif, but certifications across the board in any CTE program is one of the biggest benefits because their students and parents are not paying for that. And so I absolutely love that example. And and you know one of the things that we had talked about a little bit earlier and you had often shared with me was getting the community rallied when you we were talking about creating like multiple generations of yes. talent that are staying in the region, having more than a living wage and actually helping build up the region. And I think that's probably a, a big part of why you had such community commitment because they realize and going back to what you're saying, it's not take, take, take it's, this is what we're giving back to our community and we're going to be building this region up. And, and so I don't know if you have any, any, any other thoughts you wanted to share on that either. Well, um, there's a book called Triumph of the City, and in it, the author talks about have, how many certifications or post-secondary certificates or, or degrees a community has makes a difference in the ability for that community to thrive. In Amarillo, we're about 35% when you need to be closer to 50 to 60%. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're trying to build up. Getting a certification means something. It's more than that piece of paper. It's proof that you have the skills and the talent it takes to do that function, whatever whatever you've gotten that that uh, degree in or that certification in. So we have actually, we're starting to do things where we do micro-credentialing here, where we're starting to do certifications for what we call the TEKS, Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills, our standards. Uh, we're combining those things where it makes sense and allowing students to test for that. But our community is so thankful that we've, created this space because there was this big, huge vacuum of talent. And if we were going to grow as a city, we need people trained. We need them to have the skills to be able to step in these jobs that are about to be vacated. A veterinarian, for instance, the average age of a large animal vet is 65 years old. Now, how are you going? They're about to leave. Who's going to replace them? We've got, you know, we've, um, we, we've got to understand those statistics and, and find those who are going to replace and fill that void. So there isn't this huge vacuum uh, and loss in our community. We want more uh, out of this community than what we've had in the past. So we've got to think about what's between our two ears. We've got to get our students technically trained. We have to get them involved in IT. My, you know, last year we had 110 students barely in the district of 8,000 high school students who were involved in computer sciences. That wasn't good. And so what we did, I had seven spaces. And it's kind of like when you when you go to when you go to you know, only two teachers for seven spaces, when you go to the fair and you do the ping pong thing and you have a goldfish that you win. Right. <laughs> I'm sure you've done that. And you go home and you if you keep that goldfish in that little bitty uh, jar, that bowl, that's as big as it'll ever get. 
my idea was let's expand it and make it bigger, throw that goldfish in a horse trough or horse pond, <laughs> and then come back a year later and see how big it is. That's what we did with our space. And suddenly we more than doubled the number of freshmen that we had coming into us this year so that now that track is going to start thriving. We've got to get more skills like that in. We've got to get students who are in, involved with electrical, machining, plumbing, welding, construction trades, all of these. Uh, it's just so important. Our connection with Amarillo College is such that uh, you mentioned about the fifth year. We've blurred the lines so much between what secondary and post-secondary work is. I kind of call it pre-post-secondary work that we're doing. <laughs> You mentioned early college. We haven't really gone for that early college model because there's so many hoops to jump through and red tape and all that. We've just kind of done it on our own. And so we have students that are getting 15 or 30 college hours before they leave, level one or level two certificate. We're teaching machining now at night. So Emerald College Machining is teaching in our facility at night, Monday through Thursday from six to 10. And our students who leave our program, um, instead of last, last year, they left in May, right? They left in May. And it was about six months before they started taking those classes again um, in, in the spring semester. Well, we, we worked with Emerald College and said, let's do something in the summer. So our students in machining get a week off and then they're right back in it in June, continuing that work so that they don't lose any skill, any talent, and they get uh, they're, they're quicker to get finished with the work they're doing so they can get out in the workforce faster. And Jay, you know, you just um, brought up something that pinged another thought, um, as as always during our conversations. But um, I've worked with many public school districts across the country. And when we talk about community impact or brand awareness and perception, a lot of them will say, well, what do you do with those buildings? Like the buildings are there, like they have these big buildings and they should be utilized more. Um, I remember one of your vision when we first took a look at the construction site, you know, a couple of years back you had talked about bringing the community in. And so maybe, you know, you, you just mentioned about how Amarillo College is using the machining facilities at night. What else are you doing at night and weekends or when school's not in session oh my God. where you bring it into the community? I know and that's a, it's a loaded question, right? School is always in session here. <laughs> but that's our vision. We don't want it to lie fallow. We don't want any, anything that we're doing. In fact, I was working with some uh, at, at Bell yesterday with some regional superintendents who we came up with the idea of summer programming for their students in the region to come to Amarillo to gain some sort of awareness of the careers that are out there for their communities. We are, by the way, that triggered another thought. I have 600 students, 660 students in the 26,000 square miles of the panhandle of Texas that we teach in health careers. It's called Gateway to Health Careers. So we're using a combination of distance learning. We have three vehicles that Street Toyota has helped us procure so that when our nursing staff goes out, they can actually do the hands-on training so that the students come out fully certified. We're doing that. But the things that we're doing, um, robotics competitions. Uh, we've had three different robotics competitions. They're about 15 hours full of fun on a Saturday of all the kids in the region who've built these first tech challenge robotics robots, and they come here and they're earning their way to state, earning their way to world's competition. That is a lot of what we do here. Um, anytime a, a community organization like we had also this weekend at the same time in our other facility at the banquet hall, we had a preteen self-esteem awareness program for young girls in the region to come. And it was a tryout. It was a pilot. I think it worked well. Getting young women to understand how important their world, how, how important they are to the world, getting them to feel better about themselves. These are preteens. 
For eighth graders, we had something called Women in Science Endeavors, WISE, and it's a big deal. We've hosted that for two years now, and that's about 300 young eighth graders from around the region. And it's actually a tri-state thing. We have students from New Mexico and Oklahoma, as well as Texas, coming to that. So these are the kinds of things we're doing. We have uh, across our parking lot, the Arts at Sunset. This used to be called Sunset Center, a shopping mall. And so the Arts at Sunset will be hosting events that, uh, for instance, that Chamber concert I mentioned earlier, they're going to have an event over there where we're involved and then they'll bring guests over here when it's time for the concert to start at seven. Uh, and so it's going to be a big, huge uh, festival of learning. Our students will be able to take art, for instance, from over there and, and have another way to stay here and not be at the home campus if, if that travel is, is an issue. Across the way, the J.C. Penney's building, which is a two-story building for Amarillo College, uh, is being turned into a first responder academy so that our students uh, who are in law and public service, EMT, will just walk across the parking lot to get their certification and their training to get six college hours for that. Plus, we'll start a track for um, our firefighters to be able to start now. Um, it's just amazing what we do. We use technology everywhere. We have a, uh, in medical arts, we have an anatomage table that is a fully functioning cadaver lab. We've got VR equipment so that our students in law and public service know how to make a traffic stop effectively, how to go into a domestic violence situation, how to, when there's a shooting in a mall or something like that, they put on the VR headset, they're strapped up with all the weaponry that a police officer has. And the idea is how to use their voice, how to use their proximity in that simulated environment to de-escalate that situation rather than have to pull a weapon. That's the last thing that they want we want them to have to do. So we're doing all kinds of things with our community. Law enforcement comes in. As I mentioned, we had that big event yesterday. Um, I just, you know, I'd have to open up my calendar and see how busy we've been <laughs> lately. Uh, um, beyond that, uh, just all the different um, high schools that we work with, you mentioned their football banquets. Oh no, it's not just football. It's basketball. It's baseball. It's cheerleading. We've had to make a rule for cheerleading. No glitter. <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, bad experience, right? <laughs> too hard to clean up. It's 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 here forever almost. But uh, anyway, so we 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 love it because we're inviting people in who may not, you know, we people come in still and don't know about us. It's funny. We had a gentleman who lives north of Amarillo came in for a haircut, right? Farmer rancher guy come in for a haircut. It turns out he's actually a headhunter for a welding company out of South Carolina. Um, and so anyway, he was getting a haircut and they were talking and she goes, well, haven't you seen Amtec? And he goes, no, what's that? He gets up out of the chair, comes straight over here to me and says, my barber told me about Amtec. What is this place? Suddenly we've got a connection with Top of Texas Welding and um, working with them that way. And this, it's just crazy how things like that happen all the time. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. And I love that. You know, and I think one final note too, it's I met somebody that was a fourth generation welder a couple of years ago, a little bit younger than me, and uh, mentioned that he made multiple six figures a year and was being paid by his company to live on the beach in a condo in California. So I'll, do, I'll take that you know, job, but I'm not saying it wasn't multiple and it was multiple six figures. It was not Damn. like in the low. So I think for anybody listening, let's end on that note about okay. the incredible opportunities available within in career and technical education. And Jay, where can we find you? What's the, what's the website link? And is there anything else that, you know, where people can check you out online? 
if you'd go to amaisd.org uh, and then click on our campus, you would see that. Um, we're always constantly updating our website. So it's, we're, it's still there, but we're doing some different things like we're putting in a job board now for employers to add their jobs for our students to be able to go into and see. Plus, we're also offering um, help with their resume and their skills there. We're doing something called Ignite Success for our juniors, that it's a big conference. Instead of going to Michigan for a conference and wasting all that money on airline tickets, we're hosting it right here for our own students. And that's another way we bring community in. We have a young lady named America Adame who has a great story. She's going to be our keynote. So basically, we're having America in to talk to our students. And, I love it. Uh, it, and so anyway, if you could just contact us at, we just look up Amtech Career Academy or MIISD.org. Um, you'll find us. And you know, Jay, one of the things that we, we forgot to address, can you tell us how many students you're currently serving? Last year we had, and we call them young professionals. I, we, last year we had 1,850. This year we had, we started out the year with 2,309 young professionals here. Wow. So as anybody listening, this is not a small operation. If you can see, this is a size of a massive high school or in my case, it'd be the size of about four of my high schools. So when you think about everything that Jay and his team are doing there, keep in mind that this is not just for a hundred or 200 kids. This is students, young, young people, young professionals. I'll get it. I'll get it. Um, (laughs) that this is growing rapidly. And I think when you, even when you opened, you had a massive wait list, didn't you? Because people were just hearing about and excited. What's the capacity at AMTAC? I'm going to say our capacity is going to be about 4,000. I honestly think we can get them in because they're not here all day long. Yeah. Uh, If we'd had students come in all day long to take all their subjects here, then we would be at maximum already. But I think the way we've done it, we have students who can pick and choose one period to five periods a day. Seniors have figured out I can stay there at Amtech all day long by taking a couple of uh, classes in the summer, taking online classes. I can do that. So the capacity, I think, is going to be around 4,000 students here. Wow. Well, keep it up. You're, you're really? just absolutely amazing. And for, for listeners, just as a little side, uh, side note, when we were looking at naming Amtech Career Academy, we surveyed the community and students. And numerous people actually wrote in that it should be called the Jay, Jay Barrett uh, Career Academy. So right. that's just to show his impact on the community and his students and alumni. So Jay, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for the amazing team that, that is serving these young professionals. And thank you again for your time today. Thank you, Amanda. It's great seeing you. I love seeing you. We need it. You need to come back down for some more food at El Tejavan. Oh, and, and some new cowboy boots. The whole family is jazzed up about it. So we, we love the whole community in Amarillo. So thank you so much, Jay. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you for listening to the Storytelling for Schools podcast. You can get more tips and tricks for school marketing, communications, and branding at schoolcomslab.com or on Instagram at schoolcomslab. And if you're interested in more support, be sure to check out our membership with monthly trainings, support calls, and hundreds of resources. Talk to you next time.